Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective. We are sitting out on a overcast and chilly Sunday afternoon, but it's great to be back. We had lost, uh, last week was our, what, third cancellation because of COVID? COVID once again ran. Yes, uh, this time it was I, uh, but I'm doing fine now and I hope everybody's feeling well. How are you feeling, Andrew? Doing well, sir. Good to be back. Two weeks is too long to not see these faces. Yeah, it, it has been difficult. So what will you be ranting about today? The tragic death of um, Dwayne Haskins and just the abhorrent uh, response on on social media by NFL reporters and NFL. How would you describe Gil Brandt? How would you uh, corpse corpse the corpse of Gil Brandt <laughs> and uh, you know Adam Schefter disgrace? Yeah, I, if you if you're calling up Gil Brandt for takes, like you've got a lot of time on your hands and not very many people who will answer your phone calls. So. A couple of weeks ago, I think our last show together, I said that I thought the Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales trilogy was the best in the history of boxing of, of my lifetime. Watched the first of those fights again and remembered why I said that because it was a hell of a fight, mm-hmm. although I thought Barrera won it. Barrera walked into that fight with a 46-2 and record. Who had he lost to in Dead or Alive? I'll give you a hit. It's one guy. It's one guy. He lost twice to Junior Jones. That is correct. Junior nice. Jones. I knew you'd have that. Well done. Yeah, I, I, I thought you would get that one. He uh, It was a DQ and a uh, unanimous decision. Junior Jones is a good fighter. He was a really good fighter. Right. Yeah. That, was, that, that weight was loaded. Yes. Um. Because he beat Kennedy McKinnon and then lost twice to Jones and then kind of actually, done, no. He, and beat, then he, he beat Prince Nassim too. Right. And yeah. then that was the one. Prince Nassim was the one that kind of got his career back. Uh, Junior Jones, dead or alive? Always go with dead with boxers. And this is a guy whose prime was like late 90s, you know. So he's, he's a young guy. If he's, um, he's dead. No, he's alive. Good. Do it well. Glad, good to be wrong. Yeah, dude, yeah, do, do, yeah. do it well. I believe the rules. You're trying to throw me off this because. Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. the rules are you only have to buy an edible arrangement if you say they're alive, but they're actually dead. Right? That's the rules. Yeah, I think you should have to send them like uh, a pack of golf balls maybe if they're still alive. <laughs> they're not going to be pro V's, I'll tell you that. Getting, getting top flights. Uh, yeah, noodles. <laughs> getting a bag of old drive balls. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Refurbished uh, X outs. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing well. Well, you'll be ranting about. I'll be ranting around the discourse uh, surrounding the "Don't Say Gay" bill in Florida, and I will be uh, ranting about the first arrest in the Texas anti-abortion laws. Shockingly, to everyone, is a Latina woman. So I, I knew there was no way to predict it would be a minority that was involved. No way to predict that whatsoever. So Zach, on the Simpsons, what does the head of the EPA, Russ Cargill? Jacques Brunswick and Hank Scorpio all have in common. They're voiced by the same actor. Who was? Albert Brooks. That is correct. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, I thought you would probably get that one right too, but they've been very hard recently. <laughs> I thought like, why don't we get the boys back on a streak? Yeah. So, Andrew, do you want to talk about the main topic? Sure. Uh, we're going to look at our newly appointed Supreme Court Justice, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and um, kind of her background the really kind of troubled process, um, nomination process, we saw, you know, the worst of the Republican Party, really, over the last week or two. Hey, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, welcome to the Supreme Court. And after this break, welcome back to the Bill 
Bradley Collective. Lying over the intersection of sports and politics, we are the Bill Bradley Collective. Now here are your hosts, Andrew, Zach, and Ed. So, I want to talk today about Lizelle Hernandez, uh, who, in this dystopian world for women that um, we have created in this country, is going to be uh, the doppelganger for, uh, or maybe the bizarro opposite for Rosa Parks, because she is the first woman in memory to be charged for murder for having an abortion. Itself, uh, she said, I guess, to the nurse that it was self-induced because where she lived in Texas, getting an abortion was an impossibility given her income and um, her situation. She is currently being held on $500,000 bond for murder, although it is not clear if this is covered by any Texas statute. And in fact, in the holding letter, They do not refer to the statute she broke because there isn't one. This is the world that we're going to be seeing. Uh, As Elizabeth Warren has said over and over, abortion will always be legal for the wealthy. And it'll just be dangerous for the poor. And Lizelle Hernandez is the first victim of this Texas law. She is... Uh, The nurse turned her in, collected the bounty, and this woman is likely to spend months, perhaps even years, waiting for her trial uh, in jail because she's just no way she's, I mean, there might be, there might be outside money coming in and posting bond for her, but, you know, she is, she is right now in jail, and, and I just, think it's tragic. I, I also want to point out just the incredible hypocrisy in this country. I just finished watching, uh, and I recommend anybody uh, who's interested in these things, watch uh, the Hulu series The Dropout about Emily Watson. No, uh, uh, Elizabeth Emily, Holmes. Emily Holmes, right. Emily Watson's Elizabeth, actress. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes. Emily Watson's the actress. You didn't even get it right when no. you were correct. <laughs> right. Emily Watson is the actress I thought it was who was in it until I realized it was Amanda Seyfried. Are you thinking of a... Emily Watson, what? No, there is Emily Watson was an actress. I'm pretty sure. She was in... Uh, I get these Emma Watson, Emily Watson. Yeah, Emma Watson. Yeah. Right, anyway, <laughs> anyway of- once again, I screwed up a name. But Emily, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, who um, lied not only to investors, but to cancer patients, to pregnant women, just knowingly lied, risked their lives, has not served one second in jail yet, Still out on bond, still waiting trial, going to Burning Man with her husband. That's justice for the wealthy and the white. And Lizelle Hernandez is justice for the poor and the immigrant and the women. That's America Today. I mean, I think we also got to say just fuck that nurse. Oh, yeah. Like, don't they take the Hippocratic Oath? You know, first do no harm. Isn't uh, how how is that doing no harm to have this woman spend time in jail for exercising her right as a human, as a woman? But the way the law is written is she would have guilty knowledge is also punishable, and so 
I mean, yes, I, I uh, agree at some level, fuck this nurse. And, and all women who are using, using this as an excuse to hold down other women, we don't expect much more from men, but we should from women. Yeah, it, it's just the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade, and they're probably going to do it this this semester. They're going to do it in, like, June. And it's going to be legal in the wealthier parts of the country, like New England, where we've codified it into state law in a lot of states. And it's going to be illegal, and we're going to see more things like this happen in poorer states like the South, where they just don't have access to women's health care providers the same way we do in New England. And it's going to make two very different countries for women. Two Americas. Two Americas. Um, again, another one of these rants from you, Ed, that has rendered me pretty speechless. Um, where is, you know, what is what is going on in this country? This is, uh, and, 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 you know, it's been going on for too long. I, you know, Since it, I feel like the news just gets, it just gets worse and worse week by week. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I'm struggling to wrap my head around um, this entire news cycle, this story cycle. You keep thinking the right thing is going to happen at some and it, point. And it, and it, one, good, no, one good week, like, one good week where you're going to be like, yeah. hey, well, the state did something good, and it's the, you know Nebraska actually, and, and I'm not a here, here. fan of the filibuster, but Nebraska filibustered the Texas-style abortion bill, and. It, it so it never got called for a vote. They did they they by two votes they didn't have the votes to bring it to they didn't have the votes to end debate, um, so that was a good moment, and I was going to talk about that for Brandon's sake. We're always but the I, middle state, but I just we fought want with the north, but everybody <laughs> thinks we fought with the south. <clears throat> I just want Lizelle Hernandez's name to be, <laughs> men, to be remembered uh, and thought about because she is the first of what will be thousands. Well, here's some more um, pleasant news for you all out there. Um, NFL quarterback Dwayne Haskins tragically passed away in South Florida Saturday morning at the age of 24. That's it. That should be. That should have been the tweet. That should have been. That's what you. If you were reporting in the NFL for a living, you're making a handsome living doing so, like one Adam Schefter. That's the kind of news that you drop with no commentary. No sort of, it's not something to be editorialized. But Adam Schefter, being Adam Schefter, can't fucking help himself. This is a guy whose head simultaneously exists up the asses of Drew Rosenhaus and Roger Goodell. This is a guy who felt the need yesterday in breaking this story. I mean, this is a tweet that was deleted. No apology, no nothing, but he deleted the tweet. The tweet read in the lead that Haskins had failed to catch on as a first-round draft pick in both Washington and Pittsburgh, as if that has anything to do with the fact that this 24-year-old man, not even in the prime of his life, a son, a brother, a teammate, 20, 24 years old, dead, uh, in what is reported as he was struck by a vehicle in South Beach. Um, if you saw Chase Claypool, one of his receivers in Pittsburgh, right? Yep. They're down there working out, and Claypool is on Twitter talking about how in your last moments I saw you, I saw you trying to save myself and others. It sounds like there's something very heroic in what happened, but for Adam Schefter, it's about the fact that he failed to catch on in two NFL teams. It gets worse. I mean, and look, 
Gil Brandt, longtime scout, longtime front office type, and now I guess he's a pundit, if very loosely use that term. He's a 90-year-old man, and his health, I hear, is not great, but still, he was brought up on a radio spot yesterday. Here's a taste of what Gil Brandt had to say about Dwayne Haskins in the immediate aftermath of Haskins' death. Quote, he was a guy that was living to be dead. It was always something with Haskins. Maybe if he stayed in school a year, he wouldn't do silly things like jogging on a highway. That's how people that cover the NFL cover the players when they pass in their prime. That's, that's it. I don't, I, I'm just aghast. I'm not surprised. If, if you, let's harken back to how Schefter and just some of the language he used in describing Deshaun Watson's, the, the deal uh, that brought him to the Browns. Um, that was in, incredibly insensitive to all of the women that came forward with allegations against Watson. Um, God, I wish we could, you know, Adam Schefter, I fucking hate this guy as much as I, in terms of if I could do a redraft, worst people in sports. I mean, Adam Schefter is, um, and again, not surprised, but just so disappointed. And, uh, just be better. Do better. If you're an NFL player, how do you how do you talk to these guys, knowing how they'll talk about you when you if something bad happens? Lamar Jackson took to Twitter yesterday and fucking raked Schefter under the coals. I don't see Schefter. Uh, I'm sorry, Jackson doing much with ESPN. You know, as long as Schefter's. You know, I mean, Schefter's a presence on Monday Night Football. He's a presence on the countdown shows. Um, you go find those Jackson tweets. I mean, he went after Schefter hard. It, but you're right. Like the only tweet should have been, "This is a tragedy." That's it. That's it. End of, end of story. It's a tragedy. He's a 24-year-old guy trying to get his career back on track down in Tampa or South Beach, working out with his teammates, trying to do the right thing. And you get some fucking geriatric asshole who says, oh, he shouldn't have been jogging on a highway. Like, man, fuck you. Like, well, who the hell are you? And, and look, we wouldn't put Gil Brandt on the air. Like we, like we have too uh, much pride to say, "Hey, Gil, yeah. could you come on and, you know, we, we we hit triple digits a lot. Could you please uh, play, be on our show?" He'd probably do it. What else is he doing? He's sitting around waiting to die, not fast enough. Um, no, I, I just the, the the other thing that galled me is Schefter uh, just signed a ten million dollar mm-hmm. a year contract to get mm-hmm. with ESPN, who has no shame, just no shame, uh, because, I mean, what's Schefter? Schechter's great ability. You could find out about a free agent six minutes before it's officially announced. So who cares? Like that? Who cares about that? Like, it, real realistically, if it wasn't ESPN constantly telling you that Schechter broke the story, it would be irrelevant. But they have to do it because they're the worldwide leader. But like, I'm sorry, the Mina Kimes of the world and the Malik Andrews of the world should be embarrassed, embarrassed that he is the highest paid person on that. that. With, without Twitter, Schefter doesn't have a job. Like, all he does is tweet things out. That's it. And these weird, this weird on the uh, fantasy, Ringer Fantasy Show, they always talk about just the weird syntax he uses. It like, does it sound like anything anybody said? It, it sounds like Ikea directions where you realize that the person that translated them from Swedish to English kind of knows English. Like a little bit. They know a little English, and that's good enough. And that doesn't sound like anything. I don't understand what that means. And as is his nature, he had the need in both the deleted tweet and then the revised tweet that is still up 
of course, he had to credit the news to the eight to to Haskins agent and list his name, of course, because hey, got to keep that status. Gotta and keep the reality, clout. and the reality is, Schechter never talks to players. He only talks. He talks to old white guys. Mm-hmm. He's an older white guy that likes to talk to older white guys. And in the NFL, you could survive that way for fucking ever because clearly, black players don't count unless they're Deshaun Watson. We're going to uh, stick with Florida news and uh, continue this positive rant uh, that we've been going on by talking about uh, something that has been in the news really the last last month, about last month pretty constantly, uh, about the Florida Don't Say Gay Bill. I'm not going to rant about the Don't Say Gay Bill. It's just stupidity. It's anti-LGBTQ sentiment. It's just bigotry. Like, that's all that is. But the discourse around it has become something that is kind of alarming to me. Um, throughout my entire life, the anti-LGBTQ movement has been led by largely by the religious right, largely by evangelicals, uh, people like Jerry Falwell, people like Pat Robertson, um, you know, really just like these kind of fringe religious people that were always on kind of the outside of Republican politics. Um, they were never really considered mainstream. They were always there to they were always there to deliver Iowa in the primary and then go away the rest of the time. Right. They voted for Mike Huckabee. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they're there. They're there for Iowa and then they're ignored for the rest of four years. Um, except that the discourse now uh, is being led not by the religious right, but kind of by this mixture of QAnon, right wing, and some mainstream conservative politicians where they have viewed that if you're against the don't say gay bill in Florida, then you're pro-grooming and pro-pedophilia. And they've been open in saying that, that you're that if you if you're against this bill, you're a pedophile. And if you're against this bill, you're for grooming of children for your own sexual needs, which is horrifying and not at all true. But the fact that this is gaining actual steam and momentum, and we're seeing this more and more and more be said, they're now saying Disney is pro-grooming. And although also, fuck Disney, they are not part of the resistance. (laughs) They're just as bad as the Santas. They donated to all the people that voted for this fucking bill. Like... But now Disney is the good guy because they're against the... But now they're pro-pedophilia, now they're pro... It doesn't make any sense, and it's gaining steam, and it is fucking maddening. Because now, if you just stand up for the basic rights of people to be who they are and to love who they love, then that means you're a pedophile. And this is coming from a party that has never censured Jim Jordan for clearly hiding evidence uh, on the wrestling rape uh, issue, uh, you know, the wrestler uh, sexual molestation issue that uh, he was part of because he was there and knew about it, and they told him, and they just he just hit it. It does Matt Gates from Florida, who is using cryptocurrency to pay for 16-year-olds uh, that he was sleeping with, um, allegedly sleeping with, but also really. That's really all Bitcoin is used for. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's like no, dragged like, down crypto. It was cash before. It's like it's like if you're use, if you're trading crypto, you're either doing it for underage sexual uh, women or drugs, or you're Elon Musk and you've cornered the market and somehow like that's good enough and and so it's cool because Elon Musk does it. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean we're going to talk about this when we get you know to the main topic too is 
how mainstream QAnon has become in the Republican Party. Um, DeSantis is a special kind of awful. When he said that there will be no working, if Stacey Abrams wins in Georgia, there will be a cold war between the two states. He said, I'm not living with Stacey Abrams to my north and Castro to my south. As though a democratically elected, first of all, and, and obviously news hasn't gotten to Ron yet, Castro's dead. Yeah. Fidel's dead. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not really. It's, it's, it's his brother, Raul. <laughs> right, right. Who is probably fine. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, he's, yeah. Cuba has great health care. Right. And, and also, like, they were doing, they, they were being brought into kind of the Western culture under Obama, and then just Trump closed that down within three seconds, so it doesn't happen anymore, so that Mark Rubio, Marco Rubio could win. You know, the, the idea that any democratically elected senator who you, I mean, uh, official who you disagree with is therefore invalid because you disagree with them. Um, yeah, DeSantis is a special kind of awful, but this this will lead us into the main topic because, yeah, it just, ne- it ne- this QAnon thing never ends. The the most recent big ticket Disney release was this movie. What was it? It was called um, uh, t- Turning Red. Becoming turning no, red, the, turn, yeah, turning it's red. The panda, which is a movie that centers around it, centers around this junior high girl, and it's like a Pixar movie. It's not animated. A junior high girl, and the movie, like, yeah, as girls do in junior high, like she has her period, and the movie, like, you know, makes light of that. Did you guys see some of like the fallout from like some you know MAGA mothers and fathers that I showed this movie to my sons and we were aghast at the allusions to to a girl's menstrual cycle. <laughs> And it's like for the party of like fuck your feelings and individual liberty and this and that, these people get offended at fucking everything. Everything. A movie about a teenage girl going through teenage girl shit. What's the big surprise? What, you know, if you're going to date a girl in high school, guess what? You're going to know about that. You're going to be, you know, privy to that kind of shit. I just. The world's. It, Sorry. It, 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 it is every day, every day, America gets a little stupider. And we're all just living in the stupidest time because we all like, and, and we don't only get stupider, we then go on Twitter and Facebook and yell about how stupid we yeah, are. I, I mean, the, the thing that I, I have now blocked everybody who ever talks about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, and we'll talk about her in a minute, but because she, because she does have a, you know, a, toehold in the party she's probably their best fundraiser other than trump yeah but like why are we even thinking about these people like she is a she is a congresswoman on no committees she is the least important person in government and yet somehow we have to talk about her every minute of every day or or we're just not outraged enough and uh we're gonna stick with a weirdly uh the subject of pedophilia because it came up in a senate confirmation hearing uh, for one judge, future judge, our next judge. No, now official. She she is not. She, she is, is not seated yet. She is not seated. She will seat either when Byers passes or when the session ends, whichever comes first. But uh, yes, one judge, Katanji Brown Jackson, and her confirmation hearing this week is the main topic of our discussion today. And uh, with that, we'll be back 
to get into this further. I leave my kids at home unattended when I go out drinking, but I don't want them to get into trouble. What can I do? I've petitioned Congress to outlaw everything that isn't suitable for children, but they're not listening. Try the Vindication Angel Curse Buster BC. Holy f***ing sh- that's right. The Vindication Angel Curse Buster BC monitors television and movies for profanity and replaces it with a convenient similar sounding word. Who the fumble are you? Codfish. Come over here and lick my banana bread. Plus, if your children try to watch gymnastics, women's tennis, or any other softcore pornography, you're sent a text message immediately so you can feel like you're parenting even when you're not. With the Vindication Angel Curse Buster BC, you never have to worry about your children being exposed to profanity, nudity, bestiality, polygamy, drug or alcohol use, mooning, heavy petting, teabagging, attractive teen girls in bikinis, homosexuality, or science. The Vindication Angel Curse Buster BC. It's time to start editing reality. So Katanji Brown Jackson is a 51-year-old. She comes out from the Second Circuit? Second Circuit where she was a judge for a couple of years. She is the first Supreme Court justice to have ever served as a public defender, which I think uh, is, is great a great thing. Well, let's, uh, let's get into that real quick, because that is a notable part of her story. Now, typically, judges are prosecutors. And prosecutors, you know, they tend to be more hardline criminal justice advocates um, because that's their job. Their job is to put people in prison for low-level offenses, let alone high-level offenses. Um, That's what they do. And a public defender, you know, we represent public defenders. The people that access public defenders, you're getting an entirely different view of the justice system than you are as a prosecutor because you're actually working with people that can't afford a $500,000 lawyer. You're working with people that can't afford... A $5,000 lawyer. A $5,000. You're working with people that need the justice system to be an advocate for them, which is what public defenders are, it is, she's the first, right? She is the first. She's the first, and it is her view on criminal justice when those issues come before the Supreme Court is going to be wildly different than even, like, Kagan and Sotomayor's um, because she just views, I, I imagine she views the criminal justice system differently. And it's for it's for the betterment of the court to have that sort of a, a new a, a unique legal uh, sort of perspective at that table. So that's so that's a net gain, I but, think. But of course, this is where some of the and, and we'll get into all of the bad faith attacks. But where this this is where some of the bad faith attacks really take hold, and uh, the one that is the uh, I think. At a time when a number of people covered themselves in shame, you can always count on Josh Hawley to rise above the crowd and be the single worst person possible. First of all, uh, Hawley compared this Judge Jackson to the previous Judge Jackson, who he said went to Nuremberg to prosecute, whereas this Judge Jackson would have gone to defend Nazis. That is both a... Idiotic. The fact that they both have the same last name, Jackson, is you know doesn't really mean anything. It, 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 it's, it's, it's like when I was a kid, and I, I'm Zach Levy, and there was a there was a friend of mine, a black kid named Logan Levy, and teachers would ask us if we're brothers, <laughs> and I'd be like, well, one, our names are spelled differently, <laughs> right, and two, he's black, so like, 
Well, my brother's black. Have any adopted? <laughs> <laughs> have any of these people read a fucking book? No. You mean to tell me that uh, the Nazis are going to recruit a black woman to uh, to take up their legal defense? <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's, that's that, solid. That, that, that's that's solid. Solid. We, we all know. We all know Nazis are more, we, all, uh, we all know the mm. racial tolerance of the Proud Boys yeah, Joy, and the neo Nazis. Joy, Joy and Reed uh, mentioned uh, brought that up also, but but then when you look at what Jackson actually did is he went there to make sure that there was adequate defense for the Nazis because no one wanted to defend them because it, you know, talk about a career killer. Um, but but he wanted to make sure that they had adequate defense. So do I think Hawley knew that? He may have. Like, Hawley's, you know, Hawley is a Harvard law grad. He's not, you know... I know he mm-hmm. says he's a he's mm-hmm. a bumpkin from Missouri, but he's he doesn't even live in Missouri. He's never lived in Missouri. Oh, he he's lives got, in Virginia. He lives in Virginia, and he's lived in he's lived in Massachusetts, and he's lived in California when he went to Stanford. He hasn't lived in he doesn't live in Missouri. He's not going to Missouri, but um, he's got Missouri values. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but he then also, and we'll get into this in a minute. But <laughs> which, by the way, on the Josh Holdy thing. Grandpa Simpson was correct <laughs> when he said when when uh, he held he he displayed a flag that only had forty nine stars. They said there's only forty nine stars in that grandma. And he said I'll be in a cold dead grave before I recognize the state of Missouri. <laughs> it is, it really is. It's in the competition for, it's in the competition I think for most disappointing state because they've got two really great cities. St. Louis and Kansas City are great cities. Yeah. I've been to Kansas City. I've never been to St. Louis, but Kansas City is amazing. St. Louis has the arch. And St. Louis has the arch we'll, and the Cardinals and the Blues. We'll get back on track in just a second, but Mark Emmert, when uh, giving the tro- championship trophy to the University of Kansas, referred to them as the Kansas City Jayhawks. So I guess Missouri now has a, a national title uh, collegiate team, too, uh, per the head of the NCAA. <laughs> Nice work, Mark. Yeah, you had one thing, Mark. You make like <laughs> you make like thirty million dollars a year. You just have to just hand out the men's trophy, which, by the way, was going to be this my rant, but I'll be next week's. Um, but but he also uh, Holly then said, and this will get this gets into the next issue. He said that um, Judge Jackson has opined, and, and this is a direct quote because anyone who uses the word opined is dead to me. <laughs> Judge Jackson has opined there may be a type of, quote, less serious child pornography offender. And then he wrote, dash, a less serious child pornography offender, question mark, exclamation point. Here's what actually happened. She was in charge of sentencing guidelines. She she chaired something, on, and they were going to go over sentencing guidelines for, for child pornography because, as was pointed out, whereas it used to take hundreds of hours to get 12 pictures of child pornography now it takes like eight seconds to get ten thousand of them because you have the internet but what she had done is ask a follow-up question and holly wouldn't know this because he's never going on a tv show that asks uh, an interview that asks follow-up questions and a justice department gave a uh, member gave expert testimony that some child sex offenders actually quote may not be pedophiles unquote, but perhaps, quote, are just loners looking for like mutual company in child pornography circles. And Jackson's follow-up was, is, so I'm wondering if you could say, or you would say that this is a 
that there could be a less serious child pornography offender who is engaging in the type of conduct uh, in the group experiment level. It was a follow-up question to clarify and to put person on the record for saying this. But because she posed that question, here is the first of the Jenga piece of terrible faith child uh, pedophilia arguments that she dealt with, which is unlike anything, even known sex offenders like Clarence Thomas and, and Brett Kavanaugh have ever dealt with. Let's 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 go back a little bit to my to the rant that I had about yes the the pedophilia uh, obsession that has gripped the Republican Party because Cruz also had a line of questioning that went down this line, correct? Right, him. It was Hawley, Cruz, and Tom Cotton that were banging this drum. It they. They are so obsessed with the bedroom, and they are so obsessed with child trafficking, which, by the way, is not in the top 20 of America's biggest problems right now. Yeah, it's not great, but, I mean, it's not. But, like, yeah, like, it's not in the top. It's not great. We should address it, but it's not in the top. It's not, like, most child traffickers, most people that are pedophiles are, like, they know them. Like, they're within the family. They're family friends. They're... Yes. You are far more likely to be uh, homosexually attacked by a member of your family, a friend of the family, or a member of the clergy than anyone else, and it's not close. Yeah. And it's this... God and family. But, of course, it can't be anti-God and family. But it's this weird obsession they have where they drill down and they don't even fucking drill down to the what the issue actually is they just take these surface level like she didn't opine a lesser <laughs> charge she didn't fucking that wasn't a, a, a an opinion she wrote she asked a follow-up question to put somebody on the record yes like that is what a good judge does it's like conspiratorial theorizing from the the pages or i guess the sound waves of infowars and from the federalist and from these like very far right just they're 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 doctoring uh this idea that she was soft uh, on her sentencing where which this has been totally dispelled that like like things that she sentences that she put forth like were all endorsed by everybody else around her like this is like she's in the direct center of the mainstream exactly i mean she's a she's a mainstream judge yes um And, and go ahead let's get into the the race of those questions a little bit yeah because let's be clear brett kavanaugh had credible evidence that he sexually assaulted another woman. Credible yes. evidence. Absolutely. And in fact, she testified in front of the Judiciary Committee. Yes. And put herself out there in a incredibly brave way. And Brett Kavanaugh is was still resoundly cheered on, even during these hearings, by Republicans. Katanji Brown Jackson is not a radical. She's not a far left jurist. She's not a she's not a left jurist. She's just a jurist. Like she does what it's supposed to be like this 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 whole Republicans are so quick to claim that democratic judges are activist judges and they try to make policy. And in the reality, it is only conservative judges that actually do that. And the fact of the matter is Judge Kavanaugh is white, and Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson is a black woman. 
And they um, went out of their way. They went out of their way to demean and belittle her in a way that they have never done for any white jurist. On a sort of like political theater <laughs> level, those 11 Republicans on the Judiciary Committee, you know, they saw, and rightfully, in, in, in the case of like Barrett and Kavanaugh, <laughs> they saw them, you know, a, not attacked, but just, you know, pushed. And rightfully so, deservedly so. And they see a black woman, like they were chomping at the bit to get after her. Even if just on like a theatrical level, just on a level of whatever we can dig up on you, however bullshit it might be factually, we're going we're gonna to show and, off here. And, and, well, and, of course- and, and during the hearing, she displayed a level of grace and a level of like thick skin that I don't think a lot of people have. I mean, Brick Covena sobbed. Brick Kavanaugh <laughs> cried over a goddamn calendar <laughs> yeah. that his father had. Meanwhile, they were calling this woman a pedophile. <laughs> you know, it, and she fucking mm. stood there and, and she just took it and gave it right back to them. It is hard to not look at the differences and say they saw a black woman and they just went on the attack. You know, and of course, some of this is it's you see now mainstream people who have uh, mainstream, basically mainstream Republicans. I mean, Cruz is a mainstream Republican. It's been there for 18 years now. <coughs> um, that, you know, Tom Cotton and Hawley and Cruz are all considering presidential bids. And what we've seen, I think, really in this is, and the thing that struck me is how much the QAnon movement has just become part and parcel of Republican politics. That that's why the pedophilia issue is such a uh, such a big thing. It's because it, it allows them to tire to Hillary Clinton because of Pizzagate and this entire lunacy uh, that the QAnon has in terms of, of the Democrats being a giant pedophilia ring, where, as I said in the rants, the people who they seem to have real issues with pedophilia are Republican legislators. See, like two in the House who have not been censured. Um at all over their behavior they just let it go because you know they don't care like so and and to get to back to what you were talking about in terms of the race rich grinnell former what did he he ended up like acting secretary of defense under trump he was he was uh, he was the ambassador to germany and then he became head of nsa maybe nsc the national security council nsc right which he had like I don't know, I don't know what his uh, uh, qualifications were, other than maybe he won Risk at a game. Like I don't know. Like he's he's not he, he's an internet troll is what he is. Grinnell writes, there will be one seat on the Supreme Court with an asterisk because not every American was considered to fill it. Hispanics, Asians, whites, gays, and men were not even considered, and this is a terrible precedent. Oh, I I've seen this in conservative circles because. Joe Biden said that if he gets to nominate a judge, his intention is to nominate a black woman. And for the, I've seen, for the first time in American history. For the first time in American history. And I've seen this in conservative circles like, well, what if he had come out and said he's only going to nominate white males? You mean like the vast majority of the Supreme Court? Like, 146 of the 154 people who have ever served on the Supreme Court are white males. Yeah. It, so there you go. So so maybe. So we're represented. <laughs> yeah. As a white male, I am re- I am well represented on the Supreme Court. In, in fact, they set up, they did a lot of the precedents that 
the current group of white males is overturning all the time because and and Clarence and Amy. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it is insane. But I mean to see the uh, yeah to see the pedophilia. I mean, was that were you th- were you thinking of QAnon in that moment or or Marjorie Taylor Greene saying that uh, Romney? Romney, Mikowski, and Collins are pedophiles? I mean, that's what I was saying before. That's This is where they're getting informed. They're getting their information from InfoWars, from QAnon. I remember on this air two, two years ago, and it, QAnon was a punchline. It was a joke. It was something we'd mention and just kind of laugh about, like the, the absurdity of some of the things that they were championing. And now it's framing the Republican side of the Senate Judiciary Committee and how they, how they uh, sort of vet a prospective judge? What the, f- what is happening? I mean, <laughs> that's oh. me. Like, what's, what, America, what's going on? This is where we are. It, like, and it's not good. I, I work in politics. I think I have decent political instincts um, at best. And about two years ago, friend of the pod, listener of the pod, uh, <coughs> my, my best friend, Mike Schroeder, uh, sent me a message on Facebook and was basically like, Hey, like, what do you think of QAnon? Like, this is fucking terrifying. Like, there's a lot of people that believe in this. And I was like, and I looked at it, and I, I follow QAnon closely. I listen to all the- it, it was your, uh, it was your, uh, um, what do we call, what do we, couldn't leave because of quarantine. Yes. It was your quarantine hobby. It was hobby. my quarantine mm-hmm. hobby. It was like <laughs> learning about this extremist faction of the Republican Party. And I just looked at it and thought, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that the vast majority of Americans or that even a some even a minority of Americans will think that all Democrats are pedophiles. Like to me that just seemed like beyond the pale of like what anyone could consider a rational thought. Because you're basically saying fifty percent of the country is is a pedophile. And we look at it now two years later, and Andrew, you're right. Like, it was a punchline, and now it is the predominant theory in the Senate Judiciary Committee by Republicans. Yeah, I also want to talk about just the utter lack of courage and integrity that those who stood by and did nothing. Yeah, but, I, I was going like, to ask, do you, Tom, think, that, do you think the Democrats should have done more? Oh, no, I, I mean, I thought the Democrats handled it. I thought the Democrats in this case handled it pretty well. Schumer is a terrible messenger for the... Unfortunately, the two chairs, like the two heads, Pelosi and Schumer, are terrible messengers for the party. If you listen to Cory Booker, like, that was inspiring. And when you listen to Brian Schatz, just really going after Josh Hawley uh, on the floor of the Senate, by name, uh, for the first time... Oh, violates all the quorum rules in this country. Right, and, but he didn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, because, violates all the quorum. Because what he said was, we have a loudness issue. Democrats have a loudness issue. We tisk tisk, but we don't scream. And because we don't scream, we're not heard or covered. Because this is also a media problem. The media didn't cover this as a series of bad faith lies. You look at, uh, you know, the New York Times headlines, you know, accusations of pedophilia haunt uh, Jackson during... Like it's like no, these are lies. You know they're lies. You can say it. it. The New York Times has become so toothless and so so useless as a paper. It's just a useless paper. Andrew, I want to get your perspective on this because you look at it a little differently from us. Because you know, obviously, my dad and I are more involved in the political day to day than you are. But like, 
the media seems so afraid of the Republican Party, like that if they do one thing wrong, they'll be canceled. You know, you talk about cancel culture, like the Republicans scream and yell about it. They're the ones that tried to cancel Dr. Seuss. They're the ones that tried to cancel Mr. Potato Head, like because they took away his genitals or, or something. Or, or Disney. Or, or Disney. But like, it seems to me as if the media is so afraid to just tell the truth because the truth can be viewed as liberal, that instead they've become kind of a, like it seems like we're just surrounded by conservative news all the time. It's a great question. You know, <clears throat> and I am kind of detached from it versus you guys. Um, I mean, cynically, again, I, who are the, the money? Follow the money. Follow the power brokers. Follow the, you know, who's, is there, maybe this is conspiratorial in itself, but like, if there isn't, the only, the only, you know, for the Republican Party to be in, in 2022 sort of a, because um, the Demo- Democrats, you know, seem to keep moving right as well. Yes. You know, as, as a, yeah. 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 you know, on, on the whole. The Democrats have moved significantly to the right since the 1940s. For there still to be like sort well, of Well, uh, on economic issues, probably not on social issues. Not on social, yeah. 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 Franklin, Those, Franklin yes. Roosevelt, not a champion for social. Yes. Not, like, on, <laughs> yes, not on social issues. I still think economic issues are what sway elections, though. Like White House, like presidential. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, except anyway. except we have the greatest, we have the greatest, uh, Obama presided over the greatest recovery in our history and took shit for it. And Biden has the lowest uh, jobless rate in history. And nobody even mentions it because it's not, because it's not as exciting as as, as the lead as Trump rally, and also unemployment numbers are fucking false. Because yeah, if, well, you, if you stop collecting benefits, you're right, considered employed. Right, so but, it's very but, easy. But, but they also have the most people working right yes, now. Yes, but it's also very easy that if you cut unemployment benefits, right, yeah, happened, and then people stopped collecting unemployment, then they're considered employed, and therefore it's very easy to claim I, the unemployment rate. Not to I, mention that we consider the army. As in our employment numbers, right. because of Ronald Reagan, he wanted to drop the employment rate, the right. unemployment rate. So now we include soldiers as being employed, which but just I an- get the argument for, but I also get the argument but, against. But, but anecdotally, <clears throat> it's clear that that we do not have a surplus of people looking for work in a in a mind a deficit of jobs. The actual the opposite is nearly yes. true. And and that's a good thing. That's a good thing for labor. That's that's a good thing for people. Like that's a good thing. I guess the point I was trying to make is that when the when the when the establishment, not rank and file, but like the 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 face of the of the party, um, is essentially you know it's Ted Cruz, like you said, Ted Cruz and Mike Lee and Josh Hawley and these guys. Well, who are, who who's the media going to go to for a soundbite? They're going to go to those guys, and those guys to me seem to be so much further right than perhaps. Or at least more, you know, incendiary, more, you know, outspokenly right wing than perhaps the Republican, you know, than a John McCain or a Bob Dole. And I'm not saying those guys are heroes, but, you know, you, you know, I mean, the rarity of Romney being interviewed and when he is and I'm look, I'm not a Mitt Romney fan, but a way more often than most, he does the right thing. I mean, he, he has or at least. The, he bar, has the, so, bar, the bar is set so low. low for yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. But but he also has. But he, I think that my take on Romney is he is someone I agree with on nothing, but he or basically nothing. 
but he actually believes the things he believes and yes and and is thoughtful about them he's he is a huge disappointment compared to his father yeah george romney was a great man right but but but, but we, i but to get back to what i was talking about i was also thinking about like ben sass who raved about how how qualified she was and voted against voted her. no or, to, or phyllis or north yeah. carolina Went to her parents and said, you did a wonderful job raising her. She's someone that we should all admire. And voted no. because they're, And then walk out because they're so afraid, so afraid in these red states of getting primaried from the right. Yeah. That, I mean, and by the way, Christine Noem, primaried from the right. Brian Kemp, primaried from the right. Like, the right I, never, there's, there's, you can't get. It's insane. You can't get to the shore. To like, you just can't get to the shore. No, the, the, the logical conclusion is friend of the pod, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is the end game for the Republicans, is they want 100 senators that all have her view. Right. And, but, but let's. Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn, who called Zelensky a thug and said Nancy Pelosi's an alcoholic. Nancy Pelosi doesn't drink. And also said that. And he, also said that there's he, cocaine orgies. He, he, which, he, by the he, way, he, he said he went to them. <laughs> he said he went to the parties, and then they did cocaine in front of him, which means he was willing to go watch also, Tom Cornyn fuck another person. <laughs> right. He also casually knows what a key bump is, which unless you've actually done cocaine, like he just casually says key bump. Like normally, key bumps. If you do, you know what that is. If you don't do coke, you don't know what that is. If, I like, didn't know what on. it was. I still don't know what it is. There you go. I mean, for him to casually throw that <laughs> your sort no, of, your you know, nose phrase. is way too big for a keep <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. You, you, you know, but you, you know what I'm saying? Just for him, clearly, like he's like the babe in the woods. Get the fuck out of here. It, you know. It, he also it, he no. also lied about being a he lied about being a uh, about how he had the accent. Anyway, yeah. There's but, no bottom. But we've talked we've talked a bit about the bad faith arguments. But really, what this what we should ended up ended on is what does this mean for the supreme court does this mean anything i mean other than the 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 political theater not political theater because that diminishes her role so that's that's the wrong way to put it other than the political messaging that her nomination sends does this actually change anything well i do think the political messaging matters i I mean and i I I think i think it matters that that black young black girls have can look up and see a vice president and a Supreme Court justice. Right. Yeah. Right. I also like the fact that her husband has the same socks that I have, the presidential socks. By I was way, very I, excited. I, I just want to touch on this. Her husband cried the entire <laughs> hearing. I that man loves his wife so much. He was sobbing like the entire hearing. And I just I can't imagine like I know like, I've been married six years. I'm sure they've been married longer. If Ted Cruz ever said, like, to Laura that she was a pedophile, how did he just not stand up, walk to the thing, and punch that man in the face? Because Will Smith had already yeah, done it. Yeah. It went badly yeah, for him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It went badly for him. Um, I do think that what has happened, weirdly, is in many cases now we have 5-4 decisions. Because Robert, Roberts. Roberts, who is... The author of the two most horrifying decisions in my memory. Citizens United. Citizens United and Hobby Lobby. Yep. Authored both, which I put above the Friedrichs decision, which was also a horror show, but he didn't write that one, I don't think. I think Alito. That was, that was Gorsuch who wrote that, didn't it? Oh, Alito. Alito wrote it? Oh, God, yeah, I should have guessed. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, the courts moved so far right that suddenly he's in the center. Yeah, Justice Roberts 
who was nominated by George Bush the second, who was not a fan of anything on this podcast we agree <laughs> with, um, has all of a sudden become like this very important jurist, but he's always in the losing side because Amy Coney Barrett, which now Amy Coney Barrett was jammed through two months before an election, which by the way, we couldn't get a vote for Merrick Garland. Yeah. Which by the way, not a defensive Merrick Garland. He's a fucking terrible AG. Yeah, I I, I don't I um you know what it is? It's the uh and who's the guy in Florida? The governor, the guy who was running for governor of Florida. Scott? No, Andrew. Oh, Andrew Gillum. Gillum, yeah. He got it was Andrew Gillum. <laughs> it's yeah. like, we really want you, but not that much right now. No, no, you're good. You're yeah. good. Um, but it, 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 it just like, I think from a political messaging standpoint, it is important the makeup of the court and the way it is looks now. It clearly defines the country and the two Americas that we've heard Andrew talk about. On one side, you have the liberal justices, which is a black woman, a Hispanic woman, and a gay woman. And on the right, you have conservative man, conservative conservative white man, conservative white man, conservative white man, conservative black man, whose wife is insane, and conservative woman. And all very based in religious views of how they view the court, all all viewed in in in, in a detriment of this country, a a they do not understand the separation of church and state um, at all. Uh, they, they, they are guided by the Bible, not the Constitution. And I think that that is important for Democrats, especially to champion that say, look at, if you, like the Supreme Court is boring. People don't vote on the Supreme Court. People should vote on the Supreme uh, Court. Uh, but Demo- people, Democratic people don't vote. Democratic people don't vote on the Supreme Court. But it is important to look and say, look at who we would put in charge. Look at who would be the final arbiter of our decisions. It is a reflection of our country. It is a reflection of who we are as a people. We are a very diverse country. We're becoming more diverse as the day goes on. And Republicans, and they are shown this to their Supreme Court nominees, are clinging, clinging to this view of a white nationalist religious America that simply does not exist, and the fact that they are the ones who are in power shows how disconnected in representation our government has become from the actual people that they represent. I said this on the um, Grover's episode. I, I met, we were talking about Jackson, and I said I didn't, I didn't love the fact that Biden made public. He said, "I'm going to nominate a, a black woman to be the next Supreme Court justice," and I, not that I. Because again, I totally agree with him. But for him to to say that publicly, you're almost just inviting that backlash. You're yeah. inviting that pushback. You know that you know the vile rhetoric that came from it. I almost wish he would have just nominated Jackson. And I guess he was just down to like three candidates, and they were all I guess, a black woman. Um, yeah, the Supreme Court needs to be. It needs to represent the America, and it, it, you know, not in an ideological sense, and also in a just. You know, gender, uh, race, you know. And, and you know, I think the most hopeful thing, and, and I guess we'll end here, is that Jackson's a young woman. Yeah, I mean, by, by court standards. She'll have 30 years on the court. Yeah, and, and she'll have to work with Kavanaugh and Barrett for 30 years because they're the other young ones. Um, and uh, <clears throat> my guess will be uh, 
it's not going to be the greatest 30 years of her life. But uh, no, my guess is she's not going to be like RBG and Scalia where she says, oh, I love him. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, RBG, yeah. Great, great, yeah, great. <laughs> anyway, with that, uh, we do want to wish good luck to Justice Jackson in, in, in an impossible job, and we will see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective. Thank you for joining us on the Bill Bradley Collective. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe on all podcast platforms and give us a like on Facebook as well. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.